Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we are going to be talking about episode 20 of Gilmore Girls. Of season one. Of season one. Obviously yes. that's a given, Jeffrey. Is it? Yes, it's a given. We're in East... Oh, shush. Okay. Do you remember what it's called? It's called P.S. I Love. <laughs> all right yeah we're talking about that today before we do ladies and gentlemen tomorrow is jeffrey's birthday yes no today is jeffrey's birthday if you're listening to this today if you're listening to this on friday is jeffrey's yeah. birthday well tomorrow's my birthday but tomorrow this episode will come out so tomorrow's my birthday but today, is, today my... is october 3rd which by the way is mean girls day right do you know why on october 3rd he asked me what day it was it's october 3rd <laughs> yeah uh, today, or what there's a there's a famous uh, gif reversing that where it's like he asks, "Do you know what the do you, like? Do you know what day it is?" And she's like, "Time is, a, is an illusion, you fuck." Have you seen that before? No. Okay, I'll show you. It's funny. You looked really creepy when you said that. <laughs> it's funny. You look deep into my soul. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, it's like it's a split screen of like him all normal being like, "Would you know what day it is?" And then the bottom is like this. Like, the screen is glitching, and it's like, time is an illusion. <laughs> it's funny. Stop, stop moving your face like that. It's funny. I'll it's show creepy. you. How have you ever seen it before? It's Tumblr famous. I'm not on Tumblr. Kill you should be. I should be. I know. A lot of the a lot of my laughs are come from Tumblr. And there's a Tumblr. Big, there's a big Gilmore Girls presence on Tumblr. That so. I know, because they also screenshot and put it on Instagram. Yeah. Either way. Anyways, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's <laughs> Jeffrey's birthday. Say happy birthday. <laughs> um, pause now for happy birthday wishes. Yes. Happy birthday, bitch. That's what they should say. Anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> also, this week, we reached 1,000 followers on Instagram. Right. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. I'm it might not be a big deal to you guys. <laughs> it was a big deal to us. Because I'm still surprised at just, like, how fast that happened. Yeah, it just happened be- super fast. Just because, like, this was not the first account that I created outside of, like, my own personal account. And, mm-hmm. like, others, just, it just takes forever to Yeah. I don't think you could ever underestimate the power of Gilmore Girls. No. But I also feel like we should point out that, you know, the number of followers, our number of followers on any platform should, doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep doing this because it's hilarious and it's fun and it's yeah, no, and I think, But I think in terms of, in, <laughs> I think in terms of just like Instagram people and like the, the social media platform of Instagram kind of like brainwashes you into like convincing you that, you know, your self-worth is measured in likes and follower counts. I have to say, every time I get a little notification that we have a new follower, little dopamine hits. Yeah. And it's funny. There's an article I've read that um, it's calls Instagram digital meth. Oh my. Because like everyone, like you can't really get on it without, like it's designed to draw you it's in It's designed for you to be obsessed, really. Yeah. Yeah. So just all I have to say is like, yes, the dopamine hits when we get new followers, but our self-worth is not tied up in it. So follow I mean, us, don't guys, follow us. I'm not going to lie. We've been stagnant at 59 <laughs> Twitter followers and I'm pissed. Okay. So, so her self-worth. Every time I open Twitter and there's no new follower, <laughs> I go cry in a corner. Okay. Well, her self-worth is tied up in the follower count. Mine, not so much. Fine. Let's just clarify that. Before we get into the episode, please um, solidify Eleni's presence in the world by following us. Just do it. Please? Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, but you should follow us. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the episode, we are talking about the Readathon, the Gilmore Readathon. Which you introduced me to. I introduced you to because I have a bigger. Like we just said, I'm more obsessed with Twitter. <laughs> 
That's not true. No, no, that no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm more obsessed with our Twitter followers. Okay, I was gonna say, ask anybody you know, and I, they all think I have an unhealthy obsession with Twitter. No, no, so. your own Twitter is fine. <laughs> our Twitter, I'm always like, go, 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 but it's not going anywhere. One of my um, favorite, tw- one of my favorite like Twitter memes is mm-hmm. is one that says, you know. Like a friend is asking you, like, "Oh, how often would you would you say you're on Twitter?" And then I've seen it. My answer, like your like your answer is, "That's problematic because it implies there's a time when I'm not on Twitter." Exactly. And so that's my life. Yeah, but, but where are all these people that are supposed to be on Twitter and not following us? That's a good question. Where are you? Yeah. Make where are you? Known. And wish me a happy birthday. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I introduced Jeffrey to the readathon. Um, I myself stumbled upon it when I was trying to look for um, people to follow and uh, grow our base. Yes. So, and I actually confused it with a different um, Gilmore Girls readathon. Reading th- challenge. Read- yeah, re- yeah this is a readathon. The one I was thinking was a reading challenge that I think came out on BuzzFeed. Three years ago, I'm probably. Yeah, I think I'm, it predates Buzzfeed, though. Maybe so. It was like it was like a it was a Gilmore Girls reading challenge, and the challenge was to read all of the books that Rory is seen with throughout all seven seasons. Or mentions, I think. It yeah. Is also. All of Rory's books. Yeah. Whatever that implies. Um, and I remember, and I and I remember uh, like scrolling through the list, saying like, "Oh, I'll add some of these to my to read list." Yeah. I didn't because they're all like fucking boring classics. Honestly, but, like Rory, honey, what? Yeah. Do you, who has the time? Who is interested? I'm not. Are you? Yeah. I know later on, she like later on in the series, she mentions other books that I'm like, oh, I should check that out, whatever. Beginning? beginning. Are you interested in, in Thoreau? Because I'm not. No, no, obviously not. Or what's the one that she and Jess argue about? The Fountainhead? How? The Fountainhead. Later. Oh, yeah. No, the one that he annotates is how. That's how. And then later on in. Yeah, the Fountainhead. Yeah, the Fountainhead is apparently the, like the most difficult book to read uh... ever. I've heard. Whatever. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like every Gilmore fan went through a phase where they're like, I'm going to read all of Rory's books because I want to be like Rory. Because I'm bookish. I have to prove that I'm yeah, bookish. Yeah, I have to prove it. I have to prove like I'm Rory Gilmore. <laughs> so I'm going to read all... No, don't do it. Like, I think reading books makes me a more interesting person. So I read books. Yeah, but <laughs> choose better books. <laughs> Anyways. So, no, it's not that. Um, this, there's a Twitter, there's a Twitter handle for the readathon. Okay. So, um, basically, it started October 1st, so we're a little bit behind, but whatever. Not um, really. It's the third day of October. Yeah, but wait. It's, it goes from the 1st to the 15th. You have to read seven books in 15 days. Okay, no thanks. Bye. Yeah, have a life. <laughs> not much of one. No, I, would even, I'm not even, I wouldn't even go as far as to say that I have a life. I just... But it's still there. What I, what I choose to do with my life is not that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And look, we both love books. But no. But, like, seven books in 15 days... We both love books, but we've given up on each other in terms of, you have to read this and you have to read it now. No, we don't do that anymore. Life is hard and life is short. Okay, is so hard. read what you want, when yeah. you want, and shut up. Okay? Yeah, that's true. Check out... No, you didn't have, You didn't post it yet, did you? My book, my book ride uh, yeah. essay? It's funny you should ask. Um, I submitted both the ones that I told you about last night, so this should pop up on the site soon. I'm referring to yeah. Keep 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 an eye on that. Yes, I'm referring to um a two two different essays per, um essays that I wrote for a uh, book website called Book Riot, where I am a contributing writer. Do you book, get paid for that? Yeah, per quarter. There's like um, a revenue for each contributor. So what I'm referring to is that Jeffrey wrote a post about when to give up on a book. 
Oh, the one that I already wrote from the summer. I don't know which one did you write. Okay, already? so I okay, so the ones that I was just talking, I was just I was just referring to are um, the one I told you about about outgrowing young adult fiction. Yes. So oh I, my god. I submitted yes. that one last night along with another one that I told you about, and then yeah. so I think the one you're talking about is. I think the one I'm talking about from is the, the one from the summer. Yeah, it's from the summer about when to quit on a book, like if you're not enjoying yeah, it. Yeah. So it's called. It was I, I called it um, why you owe it to yourself to yes. abandon books you're not enjoying. Yeah. Uh, that one you can read now that one that one's out already and i remember reading that and i was like yes jeffrey tell me (laughs) i still feel guilty every time i pick up a book it's in our blood i know it's like like, bookworms are wired like that this is no bueno but i want to read it because even like if i've gotten it from the library and it's like i there's no money wasted this is like doesn't matter i'm still still like feel guilty yeah i still feel guilty but i I, but i do point especially when i was living in new brunswick and they used to make it come from moncton (laughs) all the way to the north of new brunswick and they paid i don't know how much in postage and then i read the first sentence i'm like oh not for for me (laughs) and you put it back in the book drop (laughs) and then ship it all the way back i feel terrible so funny the worst is when you pick up a book that you you bought thinking it was gonna be great that's what i point out in the article I I, i said i understand the frustration of you know spending thirty five dollars on a hardcover and it being a shitty book. Oh my god! I yeah. get it, but I also give some give some um, some advice based on my own experiences from that happening. It's like I try not to you know stress much about it, unless of course I'm poor and I've just bankrupted myself on this book. Then yeah. it's a different story. But like if I've spent money on a book, I don't like it. I, I always think like who can I give this to as a gift? Exactly. Yeah. If you know me, I give or books if as you gifts. Can't, yeah. <laughs> We both do. Um, or gift cards to buy books because, you know. Um, or if you can't give it to somebody, you can probably check your local library if you can donate it. I haven't, yeah, I've, I I don't, it's funny you should, I should say that. In the spring, I donated three boxes of books that there had been go. sitting in my basement. I was like, time to go. Trust me, having worked in a public library, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and my library has. That being said, don't give us like encyclopedias and shit. Yeah. There are, there are guidelines. <laughs> but, I mean, local libraries really appreciate it because oftentimes they don't have the money yeah. to go out and buy books. And my library has uh, two book sales a year. There you go. And with, they get money With, with the profits going towards the library. Exactly. So, like, and I'm more that, like, I, I, I used, when I was younger, I used to go every single year to the one in the spring because mm-hmm. the one in the spring was, like, the big one and then there was a smaller one in the yeah. fall. And, you know, since then... I guess I do have some sort of a life, so I haven't, I haven't made it every single time. But like, right. but this spring, like, I didn't, I didn't make it because I had exams to study for. But then, I, but I donated three boxes in March for the yeah. spring book sales. So I'm like, hey, well, I didn't go, but but you contributed, yeah, yeah. Um, or some towns and cities have like little pop up libraries sometimes, right. like take a book, give a book kind of thing. I love, the, yeah, I love. Those I love things. those. There's one in my and at universities too. they have a lot of those yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. In in my neighborhood, there's one too, not far from where we are. And when I walk the dog, sometimes I'll go peek in. <laughs> um, so back to the readathon. Right. There's seven categories, and um, basically it's up to you to pick a book that fits that category and challenge yourself to read it. Yes. So mine is like a mix of what I've kind of already read, so giving suggestions, and also what I want to read. Okay. I don't know, is yours all in your want to read list? No, mine's all books that I've read. Okay, perfect. Most of them are what I've read, too. Shall, shall we... I only I only, I only jotted down, like, the first line of what the category was. Do you want to give them... Yeah, so the first one is uh, a book with a school setting, so in honor of Chilton and Yale. Okay. Go forth. What do you have? Eleni is going to um, oh, no. judge me judge for this. No, I'm not judge me, but she's not going to like it. I put... You know, every time you say that, I think I've surprised you. Okay. 
Maybe. I don't think so. But Just right. spit it out. Car- um, I cho- for a book with a school setting, I chose Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which so, is the uh, Watford School of Magics. Yeah. That's a school, guys. Okay. She's like, she's I, you can't see her, but she's holding back her eye rolls in her. I'm book. not, because you know why? What, something comes up later. She loves Rainbow Rowell, but she doesn't like that book. Rainbow! Do you know that 70s show? Yeah. Do you know where that's from? Vaguely. Okay. It's when Eric does roller disco. Oh, yeah. And his name is Rainbow. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love Rainbow Rowell. Tell I us, didn't... Tell us why you don't like Carry On. I didn't like Carry On as much because she kind of dropped... Okay, so you know how Harry Potter is seven books? Yeah. And, like, the first book is very crucial to the seventh book because it's a series. So Rainbow Rowell, kind of, with Carry On, took us... Let's let's say you're imagining the Harry Potter universe. I'm 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 gesturing a lot with my arms. Let's say you're in, uh, imagining the Harry Potter universe. She dropped you like smack dab in the middle of end of book six, beginning of book seven, <laughs> yeah. where all this shit has happened before, and like they're talking about things that happened in like year three, and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I wasn't there because you didn't write it. Yeah. <laughs> So I was I think like, so. I... and they're talking about the fucking insidious humdrum, who is apparently like the Lord Voldemort of their time. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Why do I? I think that was the point, though, a little bit. I know, but it was still like, I want more context. Yeah, I agree. Because Rainbow Rowell developed Carry On out of the out of the fictional fan fiction she was writing for her for Fangirl for a previous novel called Fangirl. That could have been your pick for something that takes place at a school. I thought about that, but I thought Carry On. Anyways, it was still like Rainbow Rowell is a great author. Her books are great, and she still writes really well. But it was, was really just, well written. One hundred percent was well written, but I was just like Rainbow. I need yeah. more. I understand. I need more. Speaking of which, the sequel to Carry On came out a few weeks ago, Shh. and I pre-ordered Hold that it. Thought. I haven't read it yet. Hold that thought. Okay. Hold it. My pick for a school setting was Art of Fielding. Okay. By Chad Hardback. Have I heard of that? I don't know. It's um, it's like a school setting, but also a baseball book. Okay, so no. But it's honestly, if sports, you're not, you no, but if me. you're not, I'm about to say something. <laughs> if you're not into baseball, it's not all about baseball. The guy just uses baseball as an outlet. It's also really, really well written, mm-hmm. and um, the character development is great. Okay. And it takes place like a small, small like private college, and um, I won't say more. Okay. But it's it's very it's not very plot driven. It's very character driven. Okay, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I know you like that, but, but that's to, what I did. But to quote Will from Will and Grace, Grace, sports, you're losing me. Well, too bad. <laughs> so number two was uh, a book with a mother-daughter relationship. Yes. In honor of Lorelai and Rory. Mm-hmm. And I even took it to mean in honor of Emily and Lorelai. Ooh. Ooh, spoilers. Dysfunctional. Go yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Dysfunction. What did you pick? What did you pick? Yeah. Um, okay, I picked, it's not really, it was, it's a bit off kilter. I picked a book called After Her Okay. by Joyce Maynard. I think I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, Joyce Maynard has written a bunch of different books. She wrote a book called Labor Day, which was made into a movie with Kate Winslet and Josh Brolin. Oh, yes. A few years ago. Yes. The, so that I love that book a lot, and I love that movie. So then I was looking, so that summer... That I, that I read that book and I watched that movie. Um, I looked into a f- couple of her other books from the library and I found this one. And like this one just like... And I'm I'm probably biased a bit because in the years before I was on Goodreads and I had like, you know, um, had a bit more of a sense of the like how people rate books and just other people's... How like, people rate books or how Emily May rates books? 
We'll get okay. Hold that. Hold okay, hold I will, that I, thought. I told you to hold a thought. You can tell me to hold a thought. <laughs> okay, so um, no, just all, all Google that, Emily May now. <laughs> all that to say, before I joined Goodreads, I think my um, my well, not tolerance. My like my standard for books was a bit lower. Okay. So like at the time, like any book I picked up was like this is amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like not to say this book wasn't amazing. It was like, but it, like at the time, it like punched me in the heart. Yeah, but you, you know? once told me that you you rate books based on the feeling you have when you read them, right? Yeah. So at the time, I loved it. So it was like five stars. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I have recently gone back to a bunch of my ratings and reviews. Yeah, I don't do and that. And been like. Yo, this is actually shit. Yeah, I don't do that. I'm docking you a point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rate books when I read it and then it doesn't change. To be fair, I've only done it to two books. And for the most part, I keep my ratings as is. One of them was Carry On, which you docked to two stars. I remember. Was it? Yeah, you had you had it at three for the longest time. And then you put it at two and you're like, fuck you. Yeah, Rando. because I kept thinking about it, probably. <laughs> it wasn't that long after you read it, though. We read it, yeah. we read it around the same time, I yeah. think. Right. Um, my, so, no, so oh, this, sorry, I thought you were done. Should I tell you what it's about? Yes, please. It's not really a mother-daughter relationship per se. It's more fuck? like there's a mother present. Okay, go ahead. It was like it's like mother and two sisters. Okay. So not like um, only only like one mother, one daughter it was like sibling with their mother. Um, it was kind of just like a bit of like a rough upbringing story, and like there was a um, the whole the whole uh, theme of the story was the summer that they were growing up. They one summer they were growing up. They there was a serial killer in their Calif- small California town and nothing bad happens, but it was like how that one summer shaped the rest of their lives kind okay. of thing. Um, and at the time... Did you find out who the killer is? Yeah. Like, they, like what... I'm, is it the mother? <laughs> it's not one of those books. Oh, okay. But <laughs> there is... There, like, Every time I hear serial killer, I just want there to be like a... It's because like one of... The, I mean, I don't remember the... I remember a lot of it because I loved it that much, but like... The I might as well spoil it. The no, <laughs> you're gonna read it. Maybe they want to read okay, it. But like, what happens is don't spoil it. Can I give you like half a spoiler? No. Can I give you like no? A you're se- done. A seventh of a spoiler? No. No. Okay, but it's just like it's about like it's how that one summer and what happens in that one that's summer. All you have to say influences Stop the rest of their lives things. and like a jump like it, it's an it only, jumps back and forth. Yeah. Okay. My mother daughter pick is actually on my want to read list. Um, it's a French book, but it's been translated into English. Okay. In French, it's La Femme qui fuit. In French, in English, the translation, they didn't translate it well. <laughs> it's Suzanne. Like, Suzanne. <laughs> what? Um, so, La Femme qui fuit, and if you actually translate what that means, is the woman that flees. Okay. Um, I thought you were saying qui, like the woman who cooks. No, free. Okay. <laughs> Fleas. <laughs> um, so, it's by Anaïs Barbeau-Lavalette. Um, she's a Québécois author okay and actually Yannick Trudel mm-hmm. actually like championed this book in Canada Reads for Canada oh, Reads interesting so he did a bunch of interviews saying why he thought the book was a good pick oh so you haven't read it yet you said it's from your I haven't okay. read it yet it's on my want to read um list I guess I was gonna say you're gonna read it in English or French I'm reading it in French okay I have the luxury of being able to read in French is that a dig towards me no I'm saying <laughs> I'm, no I'm saying that I wish I wish I could read, like, you know some some books that are translated from other languages and you're like, I wish I could read this in the language it was intended to be read? Yeah. Um, Like, I read a lot of books by Frederick Bachman. Okay. You know, and I wish I could read those in the, I think it's Swedish? Yeah. Or Danish? I'm not sure. Anyways, it's just... I think it's Swedish. Yeah, if if I can read the book in its original language, I want to. Okay, but you don't know Swedish. No, but I'm saying for this one in French. I'm going to read it in French. 
Anyways, the story is that it's kind of, it's like part historical, uh, no, it's part biography, part fictionalized biography, because what happens is this girl doesn't know her mother's mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her grandmother, basically. But her grandmother abandoned her mother and, and sibling when they were really young, and they don't know where she went. So okay. she kind of hires a PI who gives her some information, but she fills in the blanks herself, like, fictionally. Okay. And it, apparently it's been, it's it's great. They're raving about it. So I really want to read it. Yeah, no, I understand wanting to read it like in its original language. Well, yeah, because some things are lost, I find. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky that like it was it was a Quebecois book written, <laughs> like written in French as to start with, because just there's like so many things that are, you know, English, Anglophone that are translated into French mm-hmm. for the purpose of, you know, the Quebecois. And it's like. Okay, yeah. no. No, I know. That's just cringe. And also, just to, clar- just to clarify, I can read French, but no, not happening. Yeah, I can read Greek, but I'm not reading a novel in Greek. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I can, I mean, I, I was in, like, in school in French, and like everybody else in Quebec, so, like, I can read French, yeah, but yeah, just, course. like, as a, for reading for pleasure? No, thank you. All right, I get it. Just, like, you don't read for pleasure in Greek, I'm assuming, right? No, I do not. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, the third one is... A book that takes place in the fall or winter. Okay. What do you, what did you choose? I wrote Behold the Dreamers. That's also on my want to read list. Why did you choose books you haven't read yet? Because the point of the challenge is to fucking read them. Are you going to? Yes! <laughs> okay, well Maybe I... Maybe not in October because I have other things to do, but I'm going to read them. Okay, well I, I did the challenge backwards then. It doesn't matter. I, just... I have some here that I have read. Okay, so you're like you want to you wanna challenge yourself to... I did like half to... and half. Like, some I've read, and okay. they're, like, suggestions for the public, and others I haven't read, and they're suggestions for myself. Okay, you're better at this than me. Whatever. What <laughs> did you put? Um, I put My True Love Gave to Me, which is a short story collection. Yes. That's Christmas-themed. Also by Rainbow. There's a, yeah, well, there's, she there's has a, a story in yeah, there. Yeah, so there's a story by Rainbow Rowell in that collection. But I, I read it from four years ago, mm-hmm. and... I read it at Christmas time. Like I purposely bought it, like leading up to Christmas. And I was like, I'm gonna sit by the fire and read this. Oh God. Um, which I remember it was like really, really cold that winter. So I was like, perfect. Okay. Um, cold, but it didn't snow. Remember that we had a green Christmas. Yeah, that year. we had a weird. It was that the Christmas where it was like 17 degrees on Christmas Eve, and then the rest of the fucking winter was just minus 40. Yeah. Perfect. But like, I remember, I remember like the weeks leading up to Christmas, there was no snow, but there it was, was zero like snow. But it was, it like, was minus... like tropical. Yeah. Like, it was tropical the week leading up to it, but, like, November was insanely cold. Yeah. Anyways. So, it was probably, I probably read it, like, no, like end of November then. Um, Number four? Yes. Number four was a book with a complicated love interest because of Dean, Rory, Jess, Triangle. I had a really good pick for this one. Okay. Um, do you, though? <laughs> yes, I do. It was the first one that came to mind. But um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before mm. by Jenny Han, mm-hmm. which does have a complicated love, true. love triangle. It's true. Um, was that it? Yes. Okay. Did you like, well, did you, you, you read that one too, right? I read them, yeah. I read all three. As did I. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, okay. Classic the- Hunger Games, guys. Team Peter or Team Gale? Oh, right. I didn't even think of that. Which team are you? Um, neither. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I was not a fan of the Hunger Games. Oh, okay. I was not a fan of Divergent. Hold on. Team Edward or Team Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Team Edward. <laughs> okay, whoever's Team Jacob, just like, what are you, 12? 
Also, are you the Dean fans that we've been looking <laughs> yeah, for? Yeah, please. Come on, come on our podcast. Anyways, uh, but no, my pick for that one is My Sister the Serial Killer. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm going to try is, and is pronounce... This, is this one you've read? No, I haven't read okay. it. Okay. I'm going to try and pronounce the name, and I'm sorry for butchering it. Oyinkan Braithwaite is the author. Okay. Anyways, it's it's a love triangle-esque. Okay. As from you, as you can glean from the back cover... What the premise? Because you haven't read it. I haven't read it, but um, the, the whole premise is the girl's sister calls her, and apparently, like, she does away with her boyfriends. Oh, my. Yeah, and then the doctor that the girl works with asks for her sister's number, but she likes the doctor, okay. and she's scared that her sister's going to do away with him, um, and plot ensues. I've said this before, when the two of us have gone book shopping together. It doesn't end well. Um, I I said to her all the time when we walk around, she's like, "Oh, look at this one. Oh, look at that one." I'm like, mm, "Yeah, this sounds like an Eleni book." What? <laughs> that book sounds like an Eleni book. You have fun with that. Fine, fine. Number five was an Asian author in honor of Lane. So I chose. So your Jenny Han can actually fit. Yeah. So I chose P.S. I Still Love You by Jenny Han, which is the next book. There you go. In that series. Um, um, I chose A Little Life by Hanya. Oh, that's a good one. I've never yeah. read that. Yeah. Uh, you re- did you read that? She's from... No, super depressing. Did you finish? I remember when you were reading it. Did you ever finish it? I didn't finish it. Okay. It's like Because it's so depressing that I'm already depressed enough. And if I keep reading it, I need to up my dose. I remember like, when that book was popular. I was in my first year of CJEP. Yeah. And... True story. I got that book for free. Did you? Yeah. The hardcover, too. Because you know when that? Indigo has those promotions, those like... Oh, buy, buy from, so much. No, like from 5% to like 100% off your purchase. Oh, yes. I got, I think, 80% off my purchase. Damn. And I was like, no. <laughs> was it worth it, though? You got a depressing book for free. It's super good, though, but it's super depressing. <laughs> yeah, so when that book was, like, probably first came out and then was popular, I was in my first year of CJEP, and, like, I was in the, I was in, the, I was in like, the literature profile of a, of the creative arts program. And suffice to say, everyone was artsy and had to prove the fact that they were artsy. And it's like, I'm we're, I'm artsy, I have to, you know, wear, the, wear a different, you know, everyone just like had to prove things. Uh, so everyone like, everyone who thought they were like serious about literature had, was, to read that. had to read that. And like, you know, when you can just like see through people and like, yeah. I'm like, I know you, I know you don't like these books. And so like one of my friends at the time, like she was like, but it sounds interesting, and like I'm gonna try it. Blah blah blah. I mean, from what I read, she never finished it. I know for a fact. It. It's honestly, it's really, really big. It's a big book, mm-hmm. and it's like there's no happiness in that book. So then, why would I want to read it? That's my life. Because it's beautifully written, <laughs> and that's not that's true. My that's, life. Not true. That's not <laughs> it's true. Beautifully written, and like the stories, I think are worth reading but it's just it's like oh my god you need like a i i need a break after well i did take a break from reading it yeah yeah um number six was the next book in a series okay so did you pick the third fucking jenny Hong book <laughs> i read the whole series okay so the thing is i'm i've probably told you this before but jeffrey has commitment issues jeffrey he's speaking about himself yeah. in the third person jeffrey now. has commitment issues with books longer than it's tr- with the book series longer than a trilogy so mm. i've read all, all three of the jenny han books because it was a trilogy and i was like he's like it's done there's an end game <laughs> exactly but anything longer than a trilogy i have a, a, a hard time with just because like i 
it's just I have I get like I I, I feel I feel like I'm caged in. I have to like I have to read something else. So I don't I don't I don't do well with series longer than trilogies. So. So what you're saying is you copped out on this one? Um, no, I wrote one down, but oh, it's just okay. like I had to, I had to like you know go through my head and think like, okay, there's a lot of series I haven't finished yeah. and never will. Like I like I remember I was a big fan of Percy Jackson. Like, okay, yeah, in, I never got into those in elementary school, mm-hmm. and I never I never read the last one. Okay, so that could be your pick. <laughs> I t- that wasn't my, that you. wasn't my pick, oh my but <laughs> I told him for the thing was I told everyone that I finished it and, and like. I know what happens because everyone like everyone was talking about it. So like, I feel like I read it, but I didn't. The same thing happened with with the last two books of the Mortal Instruments. I'm, oh my god, me too. I know what happened, I but read, I'm not reading them. How many did I read? I read the first four. I stopped. I read it. the first three, I think. I, but again, the, the Mortal Instruments. I, I found that got so repetitive. The Mortal Instruments was supposed to be a trilogy, so you read the original in the oh, the initial. The, you read the initial series. Good, good. Um, so any but. Um, I wrote Lord of Shadows by Cassandra Clare, which was which is the se- so this is like the spinoff. Yeah, this, it's the second book in the sequel series to the Mortal Instruments. I read the first one, and it was the first one was good, but it's like seven hundred pages long. I know. And the reason, the only reason it's seven hundred pages is because she loves like character development and like. But you love character development. Yeah, but like she loves like she. But not this much. <laughs> she she loves like, you know, just really heartfelt scenes and romance that like don't really have anything to do with the plot so it's oh, like right. the, the, one it, of those there could be like a, like 150 pages of just like n- none of this plays a part in the end of the story right. so that's that's why it's that long and that's why I, that's why i got through it because i was like okay this i know for a fact this is not uh you know pertaining to the rest of the book i'm gonna flip through it a little bit and then right. skim it and you know so i told you to hold your thought because for my next book in a series i'm reading wayward son i should have oh I should have put that because yeah, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I started reading it last night, actually. Excuse you. What? You told me you weren't going to read it yet. Yeah. You, said you're too, okay. you told me you were too. Okay, this is hilarious. Wait, I'll tell him. This is so funny. He sends me a picture of the book and, well, a bunch of books that you pre-ordered and that came. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I thought, because I thought Wayward Son was coming out this week and you sent it to me last week. Yeah. For some reason in my head, I had the release date of October 4th. I think I think it might have been the the original date and then it got pushed back. Anyways, I thought it was coming out this week, so he sends it to me that he got it pre ordered and he had it and I was like, oh, I'm actually too broke. I can't afford that right now. (laughs) Flash forward to Sunday when I had nothing to do. I'm like, I'm gonna go to Indigo, and then you walk into Indigo and they're like, buy three get the fourth one free, and I'm like, oh, I have to buy books now. So what did you buy? I bought a bunch of stuff. I bought Wayward Son. I bought. Well, to be fair, there wasn't there was an Indigo exclusive, so I'm sure it was like part of the deal, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyways, that's so... why I, that's why I pre-ordered it because <laughs> I knew that it would work out. I in the started end. last night. So far, so good. Okay, it might be a while because I have a big pile of, of things. So to do get I. Through, I just but... drop shit. <laughs> uh, but that's the one I put. And then the last one was um, a book that has either food on the cover or food is a very big part of the story in honor of Luke and Luke Steiner. And for this one, I just picked something I already read because there's nothing on my to-read list. Uh, so what did you put? I put Hot Mess by Emily Belden. I read that last year. Okay. Yeah, um, I remember I remember that one. Yeah. It's very, like, chiclet. Like, new adult. Yeah, new, new ad- adult. New exactly. adult is the new adult is the old young adult. Yeah, it's, it's the genre following young adults. Yeah, because they can't just fucking say adult because they know we're not adults yet. It's like new adult. You're the, in the you're a you're a you're in that phase where you can't count change. We have the, the cash. You're a, you're a baby adult. Yeah. 
But it was like it was a like fast read and like pretty funny. So I yeah, that. yeah. Um, I put a cookbook because I couldn't yes, think because I couldn't think of anything. Are you gonna cook though? No. Nah. <laughs> so I put uh, Tom's Daily Goals by Tom Daly. I mean, it was the only, and the only oh, reason God. and the only reason that I have his books is because I love him. So listen, I have a problem with people who are not cooks making cookbooks. So he had this was a this was actually a sequel. So he made a cookbook like. Is a sequel to his cookbook. No, the cookbook is a sequel to another book. He had a, his first book was called Tom's Daily Plan, and it was like his workout book. Yeah, I knew it. How did I know? Not, not even just. Not, How did I know? Not even not even a workout book. Just like day, just like his daily. Oh, it's just what he does all day. Yeah. Oh my god. But like it's not. But like it's not pretentious. So like I know I know what you're. I know oh, what no. you're. I know what you're getting at, but it's oh, not it's pretentious. Oh, it's not pretentious. It's probably fucking pretentious. It's fuck. It's pretentious because he makes money off of it, but well. Whatever. I, I like them. I liked them. I, I'm not going to cook from them, but I was this like, "This is why we can't buy books with each other." <laughs> exactly, but I liked it because you know I could just I had to you know flip 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 through the pages and you know stare at his face. So I'm good with that. Oh well, that's another thing. That's what the internet is for, my love. That's why I bought them. But I like them. I just like staring at his face. But the internet. But they're all pretty pictures of him. I'm happy with it. Okay, <laughs> fine. So that's the end of our readathon thing in the Bob. Um, let us know what books you're reading. So that I can grow my want to read pile even more. And so we can yell at each other about them. Honestly, I've seen so many pictures. Like, people are posting super nice pictures on Instagram of like, the pile of books they're reading. And I'm like, oh, I want it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I want We are at my house right now. When we are finished recording, I'm going to take her to my room and show her my pile of books. That we is... should just take a picture for the gram. <laughs> let's do and it. And then when I go home, I'll take a picture of, like, my 17 bookcases, too. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. So, should we jump into the episode now? Yes. Okay, go. So this episode, episode 20, before last episode, called P.S. I Love. P.S. I Love. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just P.S. I Love, like. Yeah, which is. We know what it's saying. Do we? P.S. I Love You. Ugh. But she can't say it, that's why. She can't say it, that's why it's cut off, guys. Yes. Genius, genius. <laughs> Maybe Jenny Han stole, stole her. <gasps> Actually, Jenny. no, no. Jenny took Jenny took it from the movie. Remember, there's a, there's a movie called P.S. I Love You. Yes, it's true. With yes. Hilary Swank and uh, Gerard. Yeah, Gerard. I hate that movie. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Why do you hate it? I don't know. I, okay, I don't hate the movie. I don't, I don't hate the movie. I hate who's in it. I can't. I love. I love as soon as you question. It's like okay, well, I don't hate it. <laughs> I, okay, I I don't mind Gerard Butler in certain roles, but Ugh. I hate Hilary Swank. Really? I, I can't stand her, and I don't know why. And I feel bad because I hate... It's like me with Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> the, um, no, I, like, and I feel bad whenever I say that about certain... Um, okay, some people rob us the wrong way. Yeah, I know. They rob us the wrong way. Yeah, I know, but I feel bad when I say that about, like, female um, stars or celebrities. Oh, because you think people are going to be like, why? Because she's a successful woman? No, not that I'm worried about what other people say. Oh. I, like, I'm worried. Like, I, like, I feel bad because, like, I, I think, like, within the within the worlds of pop culture and people who, who consume pop culture, I feel like it's commonplace to just hate female stars for no reason it's like oh i can't stand her i can't i, I just can't stand no, but i hate male her. stars for no reason sometimes too yeah Tom but Cruise? yeah i know but I th- there's I, a reason never mind there's a reason for that one. i don't know I, th- I feel like i feel like from my perspective it's like nine times out of ten it's, it's always it's all people always say like oh i can't stand her and it's like to me i think it's it's signaling a larger issue 
that people just can't stand women for like certain women for no reason. Like my mom and I and I kind of point that out to my mom all the time because my mom was like, I can't stand her, can't stand her, and I'm like, but you never said about I can't stand him. Like she has some, but it's more. But not, nine times out of ten, it's always can't stand her, can't uh, stand see, her. I can't stand him and her equally. Okay. Yeah, that's why I guess I don't. So feel I, bad. yeah, no. So I feel bad because sometimes I feel like it's not, it's not equal. It's not equal. All right. Um. Yeah. So this episode, Lorelai finds out why Rory and Dean broke up. Right. Right. Yes. So opening of the episode, Rory is super tired because she's not sleeping well. And they play one, two, three. One, two, three. Which is just the which is just the clean version of what's fuck, it called? Fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. I was gonna say kill fairy much. Kill Mary fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can tell how much I played that game as a child because I don't know what it, I don't know what it's called. One, two, three. We'll call it one, two, three. We'll call it one, two, three. Anyway, so they're looking out the window. Um, three potential husbands, I guess, yeah. or mates. <laughs> if you reject the first one, you only have the second and the third one. If you reject the second one, you're stuck with the third one. And who's Lorelai stuck with? Kirk. <laughs> She's like, Lorelai's like, Kirk. Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> that was a funny episode. And they were laughing when he walked in the diner. He's like, does somebody really kick me sign on my back again? I have asthma. <laughs> it was funny. Kirk is, um, Kirk is funny. Like, yeah. Kirk, gets, Kirk gets... He's he's hitting his stride. Yeah, Kirk funny. gets funnier. Because in the first season, they had no idea what they wanted. They didn't know Kirk. what they were going to do for him. At yeah. first, his name was uh, Mick. And then, like, other times... Yeah, it was... I think we talked about it in another episode. Like, Kirk becomes Kirk, Kirk around... Kirk becomes Kirk, yeah. You know? And now we know who Kirk is. And he's funny and he's witty and he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and they start doing it for Rory, and they go one, and they look, and it's Dean. And they're like, ooh, awkward. And the game's ruined. The game's ruined. Roll opening credits. Basically. Um, do you remember when Lane and Rory had their little tiff? Yeah. This episode? So... Rory's being a brat in this episode, let's be honest. In my my notes, I have... For once, my notes are complete. (laughs) <laughs> usually I'm like we'll just roll with it and I, and we'll, I, we'll wing it and I sound a bit unprepared and I've listened back to the episodes and I've, and I've texted her saying like is it just me or do I sound like an uninformed dumbass and she's like no don't tell about yourself wow do I no okay I, we're good okay that's just my negative self talk um so that in the bud in in my notes I have the teen drama hysterics are times 10 in this episode 100% it feels like everything is the end of the world, despite the fact that Rory and Dean get back together in one more episode. Yeah, like well, whatever. Spoiler. Um, Lane and Dean are science partners, lab partners, whatever the fuck. And like called. Rory doesn't have a big breakdown over it, but she's like, no, but, but she's, she's clearly upset. But she's being bratty. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're science partners, and uh, uh, Mrs. Kim has a little bit of a reaction. Mrs. Kim is a drill sergeant in this episode. You sit here. You sit here. <laughs> Um, I posted a couple days ago. You're not um, dating. Yeah. And like, it's funny, but it also. She's like, my science partner. And, and Miss Kim's like. Reproduction. Reproduction. <laughs> she's like, no, like, I think she says like. Fungus. Uh, fungus or something. Golden Anyways, fungus. It's hilarious. But also what I was going to say is that I posted a couple days ago, like Emily Gilmore versus Mrs. Kim fighting. Yes. That, that side of her like really comes out in this episode mm-hmm. where she's like, you're a boy. How do you know Lane? You know Lane? <laughs> reproduction the way she said it was fucking hilarious <laughs> and like it's fun it, it is funny because it's meant to be funny but on the but like on the flip side of it yeah it it, it bothers me it bothers me because i know it, it, this lack of trust does eventually reach uh, come to a head yeah later like on like we know it's coming up so. but like 
it even even but even like before when I was when I saw it for the first time like I it still it still like killed me a bit inside like to for a mother to have like to lack that much trust in but her daughter. But that's it. You like know? you don't trust your daughter at all. She can't have a science. What do you mean you have a science partner? Like yeah, it's fucking school. And like I have a science partner. And like Lorelai pointed out to her all the time like. Yeah. Your daughter's amazing. Your daughter respects you so much, and she's like, "Lying is not respect." It's like, like you, you're, like you're waiting, like you, you set her up to fail. Yeah, exactly. Just kills you have me. unrealistic expectations. Yeah, just basically. kills me a bit. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, Rory's freaking out about that. Well, not freaking out, but like we said, and then Rory and Lorelai get into a fight because do you remember why? Um. Lorelai gets back together with Max. Yeah. And didn't so, really clue didn't really clue Rory in because apparently in middle school In middle school. Lorelai right. had a whole situation. And also, I feel like that's kind of an excuse. It was an excuse. Like Lorelai's a child. Shut up. You didn't tell your daughter that you got back together with your boyfriend because in middle school uh, what was the girl's name? Ta- no. I literally just watched it this morning. And Me too. I, and I, don't, it. I and watched I, it two days ago. And I don't remember. I watched it this morning, like five hours ago. Something with a T. Tanya, I don't know, whatever. She was explaining to Rory that in middle school, she broke up with her boyfriend and her best friend broke up with her boyfriend. And then she was heartbroken about her breakup, but then her best friend got back together with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, felt bad because I guess she didn't get back together with her. Anyways, she was trying to say like, I didn't want to be like, ha ha, I got my boyfriend it. back. Yeah. Lorelai, that's a, a mother. shitty you're excuse. Not, you're a mother. You're not. You're not a friend. One hundred percent a shitty excuse. Like it's only, like like in in these instances, I kind of understand a bit more what those stupid BuzzFeed lists mean when they like ways Gilmore Girls is problematic yeah. or whatever. Because like watching it back, like I don't know what it is. I think I'm a bit biased with yeah. this, and you are too because you love it so much. Probably. But like I'm a bit I'm a bit more biased because usually anytime I watch Gilmore Girls, it's like before bed. I'm in bed. I'm like I'm ready. For, I'm ready to go to sleep, and I'm watching it. And it's like. It, it, ex- it exists in its own sphere. It exists in its own little bubble. But this time, today, I was watching this in the, in daylight, like, on in the living room. Yeah. And it's like, these kind of things stand out more. I've said it before. When I have my notebook, when I'm watching Gilmore Girls, and I'm, like, taking notes. You're like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, what is this shit? How did I miss this the first time? Like, it might have been funny when she was talking about her, her friend, like, the first couple times I watched it. But now I'm just like... That's a cop-out. Like, yeah. that's a shitty excuse to not tell your daughter that you're back together with her teacher after you caused so much turmoil at her school. You yes. know what I mean? Before we jump into the, um, uh, what's the word? The climax of the that. The crux of the episode. Yes, before we jump into that, we have to talk about um, Luke buying gifts. Oh <laughs> my god. I purposely wrote this down. Because, I do too, actually. <laughs> how can I not? So I wrote, there's buying bad gifts slash being bad at buying gifts. Yeah. And then there's cat pot holders. Yeah. What the fuck? I wrote, why does Stars <laughs> Hollow have all these kitschy shots? <laughs> like, but, but, it's no, called I'm... Le Chat Club. <laughs> so the cat club, for those of you who don't speak French. Um, and we see it like in later episodes too. Like they have a whole beauty... Um, what's it called a whole beauty shop they have a like they have like really like niche shops sometimes and you're like yes seriously it's in, not downtown montreal like <laughs> in one of those shops where, where we learn later that bloaty is not a word that's true that's true but yeah so he goes to the shop club and buys rachel for her birthday cat <laughs> potholders that make noise <laughs> yeah 
What? What? Is wrong Do you with like this person? <laughs> then the Lorelai says, like, I'm buying, a, I'm buying a gift for a person you hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She says that. Like, oh my God. You're sleeping with somebody and you're going to buy them cat pot holders? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, in what you, like, there's being bad at buying gifts, but then there's just like, what? In what universe I is get that okay? I the impression that Luke doesn't know what he's doing, so he's like, I just want to get this over with kind of thing. But like... But you shouldn't want to get it over with for your girlfriend. No. And exactly. Especially when you're buying catapults. <laughs> and then he goes off on a rant of like why he doesn't want to go to the mall. Like, Traffic's a bitch. Takes forever to get there. You have to pay a buck for parking. Like, Luke... <sighs> this is this, and this is what people mean when they say Luke's a hermit who doesn't like anything. Exactly. And then he, he, he does... Well, we see it... We, we see it in the next episode. He does grow, but Yeah, still. he does grow. But he is a hermit, and he doesn't like things. So that being said, Lorelai offers to go shopping for him. And I think he's really grateful because he knows he can't give her a fucking cat pot holder. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows. But then uh, Lorelai kind of goes too far and yeah. then trying to... That was weird. Like... She bought him everything. <laughs> and then dressed him. And dressed him and put on his belt for him. <laughs> I don't think it was weird. I like, thought you were it was too like... close to his penis there. <laughs> okay. Like, I... you were bending and putting on his belt for him. Okay, I didn't think that it was weird in that sense. I did. <laughs> Especially when Rachel walks in and she's like, oh, it's not what it looks like. Really? Looks like your mouth is right next to his penis. Okay. No. No, no. No. <laughs> That's not, no, 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 no. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> I thought it, no. I thought it was, <laughs> no. I thought it was, obviously, like, I'm not going to say inappropriate, but like, but, like, it was. Well, like, it wasn't appropriate. No, but it was, like, clo- like closer than they should be when they're not together, shall we say. But at the, yeah. sa- but at the same time, just, like, going to prove again, like, that they, bo- that they like, they, they, they match. Also, when somebody gives you their credit card. <laughs> To shop for their girlfriend's birthday, which mm-hmm. by the way, I think she nailed Rachel's gift. Yes, she got her out of Africa because and they were talking about it, and a new um, camera bag. Camera bag, which was great. They give you your credit card for one purpose, and then you go to fucking Blooming Bloomingdale's, right? She went to Bloomingdale's, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Anyways, and bought a suit, <laughs> cashmere sweaters, belts. Like, girl, no. <laughs> yeah, but I think like that. Um, is supposed to be like charming and the fact that like they're close enough that it wasn't weird you know what I mean yeah I guess I think I was just I think honestly I'm just still weirded out by the fact that like she's like putting on his belt for him and he's like in the middle of the diner doing like a fashion show on the catwalk remember when she says do a little dance on the catwalk like he has an apartment upstairs (laughs) why are you doing this in the middle of the diner because it's a television show I get it but whatever anyways um, yeah, so moral of the story is don't buy cat potholders. Yes, that's really what we wanted to say. With ever, ever. For yourself. I don't or even care if you have somebody in your family that likes cooking and cats. <laughs> I don't give a shit. They're not going to like that. <laughs> no, it's tacky. Like 100%. It... <laughs> I think it lights up too. <laughs> Whatever. Just don't do it. Okay? Yes. So, Rory gets upset yeah. over Lane and Dean being science partners. Plus and her mother hiding something. Her mother her. not telling her she was back and together And by the way, she Max. found out that her mother was back together with Max because Max told her. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, I... Rory even says that he shouldn't have told you that, which is true. Like No, but in, I don't ever think it was really appropriate for Lorelai to be dating her daughter's teacher. Well, we, so. got, we said that already. <laughs> but, like... But this is where we are. 
yeah, but it's it's but it's taken it one step further where it's like boundary were boundaries were boundaries were crossed already, and now it's like yeah, all bets are off. Yeah, yeah. So that no, it doesn't that doesn't doesn't strike me as weird because if if that strikes me as weird, we have to go back and say everything else is weird. All right. Which we already kind of did. So like that's why I mean, I say boundaries are crossed. All bets are off. Fine. They get into a fight. Wall is broken down. Yeah. They get into a fight. And then Lorelai goes home and Rory is not there. Da-da. Where is she, Jeffrey? Um, Gilmore I... Manor. <laughs> she takes a cab. She takes a cab. It was pre-Uber days. Sorry. Long since pre-Uber. Yeah. Pre-order. Pre-order. Long <laughs> since. She has books on the board. <laughs> Long before the Uber days. Yeah. And she goes to the Gilmore house. She goes to her grandparents' house. Yes. And let me just say, she got real comfortable with having a maid and breakfast and her shit pressed. Did she? Yes, she did. She's like, oh, you have to have the strudel. I demand the strudel. She got really comfortable in her grandparents' world. I mean, I didn't really see... Like, I don't get that foreshadow in this in this episode. I did. I was like, homegirl's way too comfortable. <laughs> like... Sitting at the breakfast table, reading the newspaper while her skirt gets pressed, and she's eating the strudel, and she's bringing a leg of lamb for her lunch. But it was her grandmother who was, like, prompting her. She looked really hot. <laughs> Wouldn't you? You're, like, 15. She's 16. 16. I don't know. I was just like... Mm, we're getting a little cozy here. Well, like, in I like I would get that comfortable at my grandparents' house. I'm, you know what I mean. Should grandmother have a maid? Who, no. Okay. Well. But like, no, I'm saying like I would get like I think I think she was getting comfortable because it was like her grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was getting comfortable with like the luggage. I think she was getting. I saw it that way. No. That was me. I'm just saying that was my opinion. Okay. Um, it was me. I love how bitter Richard was towards Emily's fundraiser event and Rory saved his ass from having to go. 100%. What was it? It was to save a plant. Something. An endangered plant. Because Emily is the president of the Horticultural Society. <laughs> of course she is. And then the next night they had a, a fundraiser for the symphony. Of course they did. Life must be amazing when you're rich. <laughs> I, well, I want to be the fucking president of the Horticultural Society. Why? Like, I mean, no, I want not, but that's not, her, not specifically the Horticultural Society. I mean, like, I want to be on a board of something and not give her, a fuck about anything else. That's her entire life, though. That's kind of... Yeah, but she doesn't have to work. Don't you want to work? I do. But I'm saying, like, it would be nice sometimes to just be like, I don't have to do anything today because I'm the president of the Horticultural Society, bitch. Okay, so Eleni wants to be Emily Gilmore. Oh, shut up. And in her dreams, she's Emily Gilmore living in Gilmore Manor. Gilmore Manor. <laughs> I don't know why I took an accent when I said that. Um, I wrote down my favorite Emily quote from this episode. Oh, you're a mind reader now. How nice. We'll get you a turban in a little booth by the train station. Well, who does she say that to again? <laughs> so, it's, just, it's Oh, she says Richard. Yeah, so when Rory first gets there after taking a cab, yeah. um, she... Um, Emily's trying to like ask her what happened, mm-hmm. and Richard's like, "Emily, don't pry. The girl clearly doesn't want to talk right yeah. now." Blah blah blah. And so she's and then that's when Emily says, "Oh, you're a mind reader now. How nice. We'll get you a turban in a little booth by the train station." Makes sense. Um, but Emily does call Lorelai to tell her like Rory's here. Before is- we get into that, okay. Um, I like how in like in this instance. Emily's like Emily. At least before she gets on the phone with Lorelai, she's like she's she's seen that her her granddaughter's like in some sort of distress, 
and she's like trying to like make that better. She's mm-hmm. like it's 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 oh and it's a weird dichotomy between that and who she becomes in five seconds on the phone yeah. with Lorelai. So she li- but, so but she I literally says like, like grandparenting. It's gonna be okay. Richard says Richard say something encouraging. Yeah, Richard say something encouraging. And what does he say again? Um, I'm sorry, you're upset. Yeah. He also offered her a drink. Also. You want a cocktail? Like, oh shit! You want a cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's like she's. She's willing to be like she's like she's willing. That's the thing. So, this is um, I've talked about this in different instances in other episodes, but this is a really and I wrote all over my page like a key, key words in what I want to say. Um, you, I'll I have to post a picture of this page because it's, it's just I wrote notes everywhere as I, as I was watching. It's dirty. You're dirty. Whoa! <laughs> so, um, I just think that Emily. In terms of when it comes to Emily and Rory, Emily is pulled out of her um, conservative, repressive mindset, and she's like willing to go the extra mile for Rory because mm-hmm. she's because she knows somewhere in her head that she doesn't want to make the same mistakes yeah. that she did with Lorelai. And yet she this, gets on the phone. This, but at the same time, she gets on the phone, and so she's like, she's so a part of her is clearly recognizing subconsciously that like. She has to be different with Rory because she can't make the same mistakes yeah. as she did. So she knows somewhere in her head that she's made that she made mistakes with Lorelai, but also that gets on the phone and want, and you know is all manipulative with her daughter and saying like, "Well, she came here and I don't want to," and like, "Well, she's here now and blah blah." It's like blah. when I talk to her, she's like, "She's in her room. She doesn't want to be bothered." Yeah. Like, so like her mother wants to talk to her. She thought she was missing. Like. Yeah, so at the same time, so as much as she's willing to make the effort to not make the same mistakes, she still wants to flaunt it in her daughter's face. That, yeah. like, she chose us. She chose us. You, you left us behind and blah, blah, blah. So, like, yeah. she wants to have it both ways. She, like, she knows she, she, knows she fucked up, but mm-hmm. she also doesn't, she also, she, she wants to have her cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. So I wrote in response to that, Emily, 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 <laughs> Emily manipulates since it's the only way she knows how to show love. True. Very accurate, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. Alright. What did you tell me to put a pin in? Um, What did you tell me to to hold my thought? I don't remember. Oh, okay, because Lorelai is looking for her, right? Yes. And Max comes over, and Suki comes over, and they're all looking for her. Mm -hmm. And then once they find her, Max is like, what were you guys fighting about? Mm-hmm. And Lorelai tells him, well, you, because I didn't tell her that we were back together. And Max brings up a really good point where he's like, well, you've told other people, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, not really, because it hasn't really come up organically. And you're like, what the fuck, Lorelai? <laughs> we're back together. Like, And I, he kind of gets upset. He's like, well, I've told all my friends. It's commitment phobic. Yeah, 100%. She is. And the more I go back and look, the more... I always knew the relationship was problematic, but now I'm just like, there's nothing good about this relationship. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No, and that's and why... And I said it in an earlier episode, and I'm probably going to say it next episode, too. I think she just likes the idea of having a relationship. Yeah. She does. She's... Mm-hmm. She likes... She likes, ch- like, like, checking off that box. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm 32-year-old woman. I should be in a relationship. You know what I also realized when we were when I went back to watch this? What? Um, Lorelai and Max have never said I love you. No, but they if no, but I feel like it's because it's different. Like, I think that was like a the the writers being subtle and being like subtle about what? Like, 
Lorelei. Literally, this relationship has been on shaky ground since it started. Yeah, so like Lorelai and Max are like not like not gonna have as, as long a history as Rory and Dean. Oh, that was their they're being subtle about that. Yeah. All right. That's what fine. I take from that, just because because you know just because end, Rory and Dean lasted longer than they did. Okay, because here we're getting to something, right? And puppy love versus like adult Ugh. love. God, whatever. <laughs> Don't get me started on puppy love. So <laughs> Lorelai then confronts Dean. Yes. Lorelai, be an adult. You went into the market to attack a 16-year-old kid, and you remember what she told him? I How think dare. you are scum. Yeah. Scum! She calls a 16-year-old scum. I mean, it, yeah, it could be worse. You are a 32-year-old woman. Okay, have you ever seen a mother yell at, a, yell at someone like that? Like, control yourself a little bit. You have to know that calling a 16-year-old scum is inappropriate. Is it? Like, what's wrong with scum? Oh, my God. Right. It's worse than saying you are a dick. Yeah, or like <laughs> something ex- more explicit. I mean, I see what you mean, though. I see what you mean. I just thought that was really immature of her. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm gonna run to the market and go tell this guy off. Right. So then, and then she... that's why she finds. That's how she finds yeah, out. Yeah. So she learns why Rory and Dean broke up and worries her daughter's commitment phobic. Just like she is, basically. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like internal anxiety of like oh my god i'm like this i don't want my daughter to be like this yeah, so she goes do you think it has a lot to do with the fact that like she doesn't want to be like her mother mm, I f- maybe there for sure there there's always that anxiety Lo- yeah. that lorelei has about not wanting to become emily because i feel like she's like well i don't want to be my mother so i've done all these different things not to be my mother but i also recognize that there's things about the way i am that are not great which have also come to light during this relationship. Yeah, I, mean, I feel or like I don't want my daughter to feel the same way. I feel like that's true of any. After adult. I just call the kids scum. <laughs> I feel like that's true of any adult. Yeah. Though, where it's like. Well, she's not just any adult. No, but she's I feel like a baby adult. But I feel like <laughs> new adult. <laughs> I feel like it's true. I feel like that's true of any adult where they think like, especially like a parent where they think like, well, what I say goes mm-hmm. kind of thing. But like they know in the back of their head that like. They don't know everything, yeah. and like, and 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 then, then there's rare glimpses where it's like, oh crap! I know I'm like this. It's like you know when it's like when a um like a parent sees their toddler is starting to pick up the negative traits that they have. It's like mm-hmm. oh crap! Like saying fuck. Or <laughs> probably my first word. Uh, well, <laughs> my mom, my 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 mom's sisters had a bet. The first word I would say would be fuck or a swear word because my mom. <laughs> is a um you know yeah I know her po- a potty mouth potty mouth so when I was <laughs> so when I was little th- like the opposite happened where it was like I refuse like I refused to swear because everyone everyone thought that I would so it was like I didn't want oh, to oh so you were so like, I'd be like oh, mommy I'll show you yeah so I'd be like mommy potty mouth like I would never like never yeah um so where was I going with that so anyway so Lorelai goes the next day to get Roy from mm-hmm. her grandparents' house and I wrote down the quote. She says to her, I love that you have my eyes and my coffee addiction and my taste in music and movies, but when it comes to love and relationships, I don't necessarily want you to be like me. Yeah. And then she'll so that's says, So that's acknowledging, like, I I'm, have my fault. I'm flawed. Exactly. So she's Which like, I wrote, it's the first time that Lorelai admits that she's kind of insecure. Exactly. And that she's immature as well. And so, because she also tells her, I'm still learning. And I thought that was really big of her to say, like, I'm new to this too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she says, I would ne- I would hate to think that I raised a kid who can't say I love you. Exactly. Because she clearly can't say I love you. Because she hasn't. It's bugging me. <laughs> but I, I think that's like, like you know, adults adults realize their flaws more than kids do. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's true in this case. Though. No? Because I think Rory knows that she fucked up by not saying I love you. Not that she fucked up, but that she couldn't say it. Yeah. 
True. And like Lorelai still has to be pushed to tell her friends, right? Yeah. Because Max is like, well, have you told anyone? She's like, no, I haven't. It hasn't come up organically. Okay. Yeah, and then she <laughs> and because I, like, do you really think that if he hadn't brought it up, she would have? At the end of the episode, they make a big deal of her calling, like, all her cousins and whatever to tell them she's in a relationship, which is yeah. also very weird. But do you really think that if he hadn't pushed her, she would have told everybody? No. Nope. So I don't know if in this case it's that Lorelai is being the bigger person. I do know it was very big of her to say, like, I'm still learning and I'm still new to this and, you know, yeah. I'm growing kind of thing. But I don't know if she's there yet. You think? I don't know either because... In season one, like you said, she's very, she's very insecure, yeah. and kind of, kind of goes back and forth. I think for yeah. the rest of the show, where it's like, oh, I'm secure now. No way. You know what it is? Also, I can appreciate the fact that they that they show a very confident woman in some respects be very insecure in others. Yeah. And I think I appreciate that about the show because you're like, oh, she's a badass. She speaks her mind. She does this. She does that. But she's also flawed. Yeah. You I know. think from the beginning, like, anyone with a brain knows that, like, Lorelai Gilmore is flawed. No, no, I get it. But I think the fact that they show it the way they do, that she can be so confident and run her mouth yeah. the way she does, but then in the next minute be like, I don't know if I want to tell my boyfriend that I love him. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, she's, it's, she's a layered character. Of course. And I think it's depth. important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's important that Character they show development. That. Character driven. Character driven. <laughs> because we're still on the book theme. Yeah. So, um, have you ever dated Taylor Hansen? Oh, no, but Rory does. <laughs> Say you're dating Taylor Hansen, And Rory's like, why am I dating Taylor Hansen?" So this brings up a side note. Of First of all, <laughs> this is how we know we're still in the early 2000s, late 90s. That, exactly. And also, until... until you, you do a little dance there? Yeah, I'm doing a little dance because I'm, I'm getting ready for my solo. <laughs> so until um, Hansen, the band, went on a reunion tour about two years ago... I had never heard of Hanson. How old are they now? I don't. I don't know. There's a funny solo. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can. How do you? I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can claim to be a '90s kid and not. Okay, I was born in '97, so like I was. Like, I'm a late '90s kid. So the okay. thing is. Um, I don't know. Hold on, then. Let me rectify. I don't know how you can come to be a pop culture enthusiast when you don't know who I mean, I know them now. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm yeah, saying two years ago. You only two years ago. Okay. There's, pro- wanna, there's definitely things that I you don't Google. know. I want to Google. I want to use the Google to see how old they are. There's definitely things that you don't know, so don't start with me. Oh, I know there's things that I don't know. Um, oh, you can go to Hanson.net if you'd like. Oh, boy. Okay. So, so the 1992 to present. Present is... <laughs> I don't know. They're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Taylor, Zach, and Isaac Hansen. Isaac. Ooh. Ooh. Mm, you can keep talking while I Google. Um, I forgot what I was saying now because you completely threw me off there. They had a song called Splish Splash. Oh, boy. Um, That's also how you know this is early. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's say that Hansen is a, is a uh, blind spot in my uh, life as a pop culture enthusiast. That's a joke. She wasn't kidding. Okay. Oh my so, god, 38, 36, and 33. I feel old as fuck. Um, no, what, oh, right, I was going to say. So because, okay, so because I was born in 1997, um, I have the um, rare gift of being born in a year where um, two generations kind of overlap. So mm-hmm. initially, funny, let's, l- I didn't shall we I have this many singles. I'm still listening to Yeah, you. no, but Mbop was their biggest, I think. Mbop, Mbop, Mbop. I don't know if that was, was the words. like, <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know if I they know qual- the other one. I used to call you my girl. <laughs> I don't know if they qualify as a one hit, as a one hit wonder, but that was their biggest hit. Do you remember YTV? Yes. People who are Canadian know what YTV is. Remember they used to have the hit list? Yes. They're always on the hit list. Yeah. Okay. Mbop. So I, like I was, I probably was like too young to remember because I remember, like I remember the hit list stuff, but I was probably too young to grasp. What, what it was at the time. So, anyway, um, all that to say, I have the rare gift of being born in a year where kind of two generations overlap. So, initially, millennials, once upon a time, were, were, were babies born between 1980 and 2000. And then it's since been redefined a bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. So, now... Um, 89? No, so now millennials are 81 to 96. Stop. Yeah. No. I swear... See, sh- I know this for a fact. I'm very knowledgeable on this. I know for a fact. Okay, we're just going to confirm. Yeah, go ahead. Keep so, um, so originally it was because um, it used to be, like I said, 80, 1980 to 2000. Then it was redefined from like 80 to 97, I think it was, because they what 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 sparked the change was Generation Z, yeah. start, they said, started in 1998. But they've since who can know for sure. But they've since so they've since redefined it as Generation Z starts in 1997. But because they've obviously redefined the 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 start and end date so many times, like I don't know where I fall in because 97 used to be the last year for the millennials. Now it's the first year for Generation Z. According so I don't I don't really fall, they don't know where you fall in either. So I don't really so that's the thing. Like I don't really fall into either group. Like I'm too young to be a millennial, but I'm too old to be Generation Z. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. There's no consensus on the internet. Just like either. for, and I've also, and my my mom and I have also talked about this because she's she she actually doesn't know a lot about the generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was telling her about it, and then she said like, "Oh, so where would I fall in?" And I say, "My mom's born at the end." Of baby boomer. Yeah, so my mom's born at the very end of 1964. She's born on November 30th, so mm. she's born at the very end of 1964. And by modern standards, the the baby boomer generation ends in 65. So. She could. I think they're gonna have to redefine that yeah. too. Yeah. So point. she could be a baby boomer, but she, but like uh, that's the thing. She, my mom is too young to be a baby boomer, but she's too old to be Generation X, which is what came after. Yeah. My dad's a baby boomer though, for sure, in mentality too. So my dad's we'll a baby that. boomer too. <laughs> my mom was born early, nineteen sixty-four. Okay, so she's in the so same. She's yeah, probably in the same boat. I wouldn't call my mom a baby boomer though. No, so that's what I mean. It's it's difficult to define, and then. The powers that be, whoever they are, keep, who decides to keep changing the keep changing the certain end dates. So, like, if you're born in a special year, right now we special know special year, <laughs> Jeffrey special. Right now we know that 97 and 64 are two examples of that. Mm. But if you're born, for example, if you're born in 19, like between like 79 and 81, like, are you a millennial? Are you not? Like, I wouldn't call those people millennials. If you're born in 1980, I would think. I think 1980 qualifies. I mean. You're 40 years old? Like the old, like, see, you're, that's funny. Because your, like, your reaction right now is actually what a lot of people say. Like, they, like a lot of people don't think of millennials as being fully grown adults now. Because, like, the old. You know why? Because I don't think we are. Like, people my age are not adults. <laughs> no, but, like, there are, but, like, so I read an, I read an article on. Um, Where are we going with this, by the way? We're not going anywhere with it. Oh, okay. We're just, um, we're just I have chatting. Come along for the One way. last comment on this topic. Oh, because we started talking about, mm, Yes, dating Taylor Hansen. I read an article on BuzzFeed News a while ago um, about this about a, um, a concept called millennial burnout. Yeah. In which they, you know, kind of trace the history of how millennials are the most are the generation most prone to burnout. Mm-hmm. 
And in that, there's like there's a lot of different experts and um, commentary from other people, and it's saying how um, a lot what what a lot of people don't realize is that they think of millennials as youth, despite the fact they think of them as youth, despite the fact that the old the eldest millennials are close to forty, yeah. and the youngest are twenty five, yeah. twenty like tw- between twenty three and twenty five. If you're using the same standards to qual to like to qualify millennials now, like to qualify adults now that you used back in the baby boomer era. Yeah. Yeah, at 25, baby boomers were adults because they had like no skilled jobs that paid for like a house and exactly. three cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And could send Whereas na- to yeah, the standards. Whereas are now I'm doing like fucking freelance work and can't get out of my mother's house. You it's, know yeah, what I mean? It's different. So that's why I, I think it's just the, it's what you. Like the definition of what an adult is has yeah. to be redefined. If if we're gonna redefine the start and end dates for a generation, we have to redefine what being an adult means. Exactly. That's a whole other podcast, and we're gonna put a pin in that. Yeah, because <laughs> how we get on this other. Yes, my last note for this what episode. What is your last note? I don't think I have any other notes. Should, um, my last note is that um, Jared Padalecki. Is that how you pronounce his name? I guess. Um, Slobbing her dean. Yes. Um, he's cute in season one. I don't care, and I would date him. I didn't find him cute after in season two or season three, but in season one, girl, he's adorable. I'll date him. Roy doesn't want him. I'll take him. That doesn't last long because Jess. Jess, Hell no. That doesn't last long because Jess arrives soon. But I just want to point that out. (laughs) I want to point out that no. Okay, but Eleni would, would not. Eleni date wouldn't date any of any of Rory's boyfriends, so that's that's where we disagree. That's what you gonna date Logan? I would date Jess. Since when? I never said I wouldn't date Jess. Also, can I can I talk about something <laughs> just because we said Jess? Um, He's coming soon. Jess audience. is coming soon, everyone. Studio, Relax. studio audience. You're gonna He's get going... to hear Je- Jess. You're gonna get to hear Jeffrey salivate real soon. My husband is coming. Continue. Oh my God, <laughs> um. So, you know, on Instagram, we follow all the Gilmore Girls characters. We follow Lauren Graham and Alex Bledel. The actors. Okay, the actors. The act- I said characters, <laughs> and I? My the actors, what I meant to say. Okay, so Milo Ventimiglia. Who's on currently starring on This Is Us. Yeah. Why does he initial all his Instagram posts? That's a common thing. Why? Because I think it's... I'm following you. I know it's you. No, it's... Um, the reason why they do that is because... Um, Stop staring at me like that. You are very aggressive. Says the man who's yelling, but go ahead. <laughs> um, it's because depending on the the stop it. I can't. I can't. I can't articulate a point when you're looking at me like that. Right. So I'm gonna look at you. I don't like. I I don't know personally what his what his deal is, but I think it's, his deal is an idiot. I know it's you. I'm following you. That's not how it works. That's a very ignorant comment. It's because. If you have like your management running your social media feed, then like they want to like if 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 you then are posting something, they want like your followers to know that it's you. Literally, all his posts say MV. Okay. All of them. Okay, so like, I I said I don't know his situation. I don't need clarification that it's you. But for example, you can, you know, this podcast was a bad idea because I everything I say, I know she's you going. You know what? Take that card that I got you for your birthday and just rip it up. Rip Every, it up right now. Everything I say. She's going. I can. I sense the judgment before I even say it. Rip it up. Can I give an example without Fine. your judgment? Fine. <laughs> For example, I follow Paula Abdul on Instagram, and there are and her and I know for a fact. What is she laughing at? Go ahead. 
I know for a fact that like some of her posts are from a management or, or a, like a social media. Do you mean when she's doing a show at an Indian and, casino? Yeah, that kind of yes, that kind of thing. Because the, 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 oh, Paula, how far you fallen? The, so not all of the posts. That's rude. Not all of the posts have it, but the posts that she posts say XOP, so like XO Paula, and so not all of them have that. So like that, that's just like a little note at the end saying like this was her post or that kind of thing, which I think is kind of a, a step up from just assuming. Like that, just blindly assuming that like anybody who follows you thinks this is you who's running your running your account. Honestly, you know? though, like Instagram, the reason I, I I feel like all of that is bullshit. Not bullshit that what you're saying, but what I'm saying is like your management team running it. Like Instagram is so you don't need somebody to run your Instagram account. That's take how it's a, viewed, though. Like, like take a he's taking it's, pictures. No, it's kind of like no, but he's taking pictures of motherfucking sandwiches and postal boxes. Like yeah, I know. You don't need your it management to do that. You know, you know what I it mean? It depends. Like, depends on the person. But I think, um, like, I would understand if you're promoting something, if they're doing work for, like, you're taking pictures on the beach. I don't need you to sign it MV. Yeah. Okay. So that I mean, I, of I, your shoe. Like, I don't. Uh, I don't follow him. So I don't. But so we I would follow him. I don't follow him on my personal account. So um, I don't. So I don't know. But um, that to me sounds just a bit extra. So I'll agree with you on that. Um, Do you remember? Have you ever seen the Milo, Milo Ventimiglia thirst tweets? Yes. Okay. If you haven't <laughs> because, seen Milo, Ventil- Milo Ventimiglia thirst tweets, that um, Buzzfeed. Uh, is it Buzzfeed that does it? Yeah, Buzzfeed does it. Is, um, the first one is hilarious. <laughs> it's no, it's and it's funny that they did that because like. I'm gonna say in the in between the years in between Gilmore Girls and This Is Us, he wasn't exactly the most attractive, and now he's kind of because he was in Heroes. Yeah, and now he's kind of, oh he was on Heroes, right? Um, he's kind of he's kind of now reached shall we call um, Dilf status for some. Good so Lord. that's kind of I think that's where the thirst for some that's means Jeffrey. That's not for me. I, I liked him when I liked him when he was a teenager. Okay? Oh really? Okay, I, I but I wouldn't kick him out of bed now, so it's fine. Um, the, I think that's where the thirst tweets comes from now. Where have we gone with this podcast? I don't know. Episode? Cancel us, please. No, don't do that. Just follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Shall um, I open my birthday card? Oh, sure. Since today is my birthday, when you're listening to this, it'll be my birthday. And it's stuck under your laptop. Okay. <sighs> Anything else to share while I open my card? No. She's done with me. Hear the paper, just like our fan mail. Want to pretend it's fan mail? What? Pretend it's fan mail? No, it's not fan mail. <laughs> For me to you. Oh, I like it. It has turtles on the cover. With hearts? With hearts. And like a sea, um, under the sea. Oh, seahorse. A pregnant seahorse. <laughs> Must be the mail. It is the mail. Shall I read it out loud? If you want. October 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy birthday. I hope your special day is filled with love, happiness, and books. Oh, it was Valentine's. These are the cards you bought in Camelton that were Valentine's so cards. I ordered um, cards <laughs> to, like, send because I like sending physical mail. And nothing in the description <laughs> indicated that they were Valentine's Day cards. And nothing on the front looks like and a Valentine's Nothing. Bag. Nothing looks like it. And I just thought they were, like, cute ocean cards. And then you you look at it. We should we should put it. It says, hope your Valentine's Day is oceans of fun. First of all, that's a terrible pun. <laughs> and who wants to give a Valentine's card exactly. that looks like so that? I was like, but now I spent 20 bucks on these. 
They all say Valentine's Day. <laughs> Honestly, I like it. It's 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 char- It's our it's our thing. So I crossed out Valentine's Day and I wrote birthday. <laughs> and it says, "Thank you for agreeing to come on this podcasting journey with me. It's been the most fun I've had in a long time. Cheers to many more episodes and laughs. Love always, Eleni." A rare moment of us of us loving each other. And smiling at me now after you called me aggressive not five minutes ago. She is. I'm scared. I will throat kick you. (laughs) I think I've said before, I'll blink, but you can't see me. So if I'm I'm in trouble, you can't tell. Thank you. I'm in trouble. Shut up. Send help. They don't even know where to send it. Thank you. Our P.O. box. No. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast. And on the tweeters. Follow us on Twitter, more importantly. The tweeters. Twitter. Right now. Go do it. At Gilmore Podcast because Eleni needs the validation. Okay. Bye. Bye.